Keaton Wynn being shut down with an elbow injury is just a perfect illustration that the San Francisco Giants need more pitching. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there, please, if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code Locked on for $20 off your first purchase. And coming up on today's show, we are going to discuss the fact that the more I think about this, I mean, I've thought I've felt this way for a long time, but uh, my goodness, the, the Giants need more pitching. So basically, the other day, we heard, I think, first from Andrew Baggerly, maybe. I mean, it was all the beat reporters saying that. I mean, Baggerly said, I'm hearing that Keaton Wynn was scratched from throwing live BP yesterday because of right elbow soreness after his last bullpen. Good news is MRI revealed no structural damage, but he'll rest for a few days. And so even if he comes back and is able to have a healthy spring, it's just things like this that just scream to me that the Giants need more pitching. And when I say pitching, I don't I don't just mean go sign, you know, Joe Schmo fifth starter type. I mean you've got two I I stopped myself short of saying premium, but like two really good established major league arms just sitting out there in free agency. And you've got a team that has gone two years in a row of just an ex- of extremely disappointing seasons and You've got just such an inexperienced pitching staff outside of Logan Webb. I I have said this. I like all of these guys. But if you look at uh, roster resource up on Fangraphs and the Giants projected starting rotation right now, it's Logan Webb, great. But then Kyle Harrison, stud prospect, unproven. Jordan Hicks, electric stuff, but a converted reliever. It's like an experiment, basically, moving him to the rotation. It, there's just risk. The same, maybe not the, quite the same, but a similar kind of risk as when you put a Kyle Harrison into the rotation. You just don't know what you're going to get exactly. And then beyond that, we're talking Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn. And if you look at other players who are on the 40 man roster, Kaiwei Tang is a starting pitcher on the 40 man roster, but he is injured at the moment. And you look beyond that, there's guys who are not on the 40 man yet. Um, Mason Black, uh, Carson Wisenhunt, 
Hayden Bird song. I don't know, man. I just, I just, I don't understand how they could go into the season with such an unproven staff. Because, I mean, imagine, imagine if you lost Logan Webb, like to an injury, right? And you're just looking at a, a hundred percent completely unproven pitching staff after that. So you, it's hard to think that they will. Like, I just kind of look at this and kind of squint my eyes and say, they have to do something, right? Like, they have to, you know, the fact that there's two guys out there in Snell and Montgomery, I mean, maybe I've been talking about Snell a lot, but maybe Montgomery is the one they want. And maybe I read this the other day that Scott Boris, the the agent, of course, who has Snell and Montgomery and Chapman, who we'll talk about later, and Cody Bellinger, all four of whom, the Boris four, still unsigned. We, we had literal spring training games today, but I read that um, Scott Boris may prefer to get Snell a deal first because he's probably going to get the bigger deal and have that kind of set the market for Montgomery. Whereas if he takes kind of a discount on Montgomery, then I think teams would argue, okay, well, then where's our discount on Blake Snell? But it's kind of wild. Like sooner or later, Scott Boris is going to have to do something. But the thing that complicates things for the Giants is that this is these are not the only pitchers that they have. They also have these two veteran pitchers who are going to start the season on the injured list in Alex Cobb and 2021 Cy Young Award winner in the American League, Robbie Ray. And so if you are thinking about it through that lens of, okay, it's August and we've got Robbie Ray back and Alex Cobb back. So then all of a sudden, what is your rotation? And you're talking Logan Webb, Robbie Ray, Alex Cobb. They've kind of promised Jordan Hicks a real legitimate shot at the rotation and Kyle Harrison. And then it's kind of full. And so if you were to add another pitcher, say you add whether it's Snell or Montgomery, let's just say, then it once Cobb and Ray are back, you've got Logan Webb, Robbie Ray, or say Logan Webb, Blake Snell, Alex Cobb, Robbie Ray. They've promised that spot to Jordan Hicks. And then you've got no openings for your young players. So that's kind of the conundrum. But they, I don't want to say they did it to themselves. I think that Robbie Ray trade was actually extremely savvy by the Giants. They give up Mitch Hanniger and Anthony DiSclefani, and they got a guy with Cy Young potential for two players that nobody, no Giants fan, very few Giants fans even wanted on the team, and guys with kind of underwater trade value. Now you can make the case Ray also had underwater trade value because he's injured, but at the same time, you're getting way more potential upside, I think. And it's a way better kind of fit for the Giants, although it has them in this spot where if they're to add starting pitching, it potentially down the road kind of takes opportunities away from young pitchers whom they want to give opportunities to. And so, however, though, I would argue that you you just cannot bank on Okay, Webb's going to be healthy. Cobb and Ray are going to 
not have setbacks and that they'll be back and that they'll be in that rotation. And Jordan Hicks is going to have a smooth transition to the uh, starting rotation, so he'll be there. And, you know, I, I'm even forgetting someone because that's not even five guys, is it? Webb, Cobb, Ray, Hicks. There's too many guys. Like, <laughs> there's not enough guys, and there's too many guys at the same time. Oh, and then if and then if you added a fifth in one of these free agents, but I don't believe that this should stop them from from signing one of these guys. I just I think they should sign one of Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery. And I think they might. So we'll talk more about that momentarily. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Game Time. When you go to an event, whether it's the Giants at Oracle Park, on the road, a concert, the theater, uh, a comedy show, whatever it is, that is such a fun event. And yet, the ticket-buying experience is often so stressful. It doesn't have to be that way, thanks to game time. Me, personally, I've traveled to, like, 16 Major League Stadiums. I know it's not the, the most out there, but it's more, more than, you know, I'm very lucky to have traveled to 16 stadiums. But when you go somewhere for the first time, you don't know where what, what the seats look like from just a two-dimensional map with game time you get images of seat views and then the other thing i worry about is getting a good price sometimes you don't know when to buy but you get with game time the the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app Create an account and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, here we go. We are going to discuss why I believe, like I just kind of set it up for you that the Giants should go out there and sign one of these guys and that if they don't do it then they didn't do enough this offseason I think that they also have a need on the position player side but the inexperience of their starting rotation um, especially when you just factor in that injuries and unexpected things happen every year uh, so they're just not, I mean, they've got, I don't know. I mean, you've got to have a lot of confidence in some of these young guys and they really do like, I mean, Farhan Zaidi said it's the best pipeline of young pitching that he's ever had, um, when he was from, when he was with the A's, when he was with the Dodgers and now when he was, when he's been with the giants. And so they really, really believe in these guys. And we're talking Harrison and, and, Beck and Win, who have reached the major leagues, and then they think there's just a big wave beyond that, even. And so, if you truly believe in in that group, then I can understand where they're coming from, as especially with uh, Cobb and Ray returning at some point. You you know, if you and you know, maybe the idea is that you're willing to sink or swim with this, and you really want to give these guys a shot. 
Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think the Giants are just like one big addition away from making themselves a much better team and putting themselves firmly into that, you know, National League wildcard contention. And I've gotten some heat occasionally for like saying, oh, the Giants should do this, that, and the other to make the wildcard round. Well, this is baseball and First of all, the both teams in the World Series were wildcard teams last year. Neither the Rangers nor the D-backs won the division. Diamondbacks won 84 regular season games. Phillies went to the World Series uh, two years ago with like 87 wins, 88, 89, 80-something. And so I don't know what we're talking about if we're talking about how, oh, division or bust. That's not how baseball works. You just got to get in. And if you win the wild card, it's arguably better than having won the division and skipping the first round. Now, obviously, you'd rather not be exposed to that wild card round. But if you win it, then you're in you're sitting pretty when it comes to that NLDS, even if you're facing, you know, even though you will be facing a top dog team that got to skip the first round. And so. Anyway, I mean that when you're looking at the super team that is the Dodgers, that's just the reality you're living in is that you're you're kind of realistically talking wild card as your route to the playoffs, which you know, you're going to play 162 games for a three-game series and that's that's kind of rough a tough pill to swallow, but nonetheless, I think like a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery would just go a long way because every win for the Giants you know, projections have them just kind of roughly around 500, but they've got like pretty much all of the National League outside of a couple teams at the top and a couple teams at the bottom, talking like Rockies, Nationals at the bottom and Dodgers and Braves at the top and like everybody else kind of in that like 79 to 85 win range. And the Giants are in that mix. And anyway, it's arguable you know, what do they need more like hitting or pitching? But I just look at that inexperienced pitching staff and I just think that, I mean, suddenly, suddenly Montgomery appeals to me even more because I mean, one of the things about Jordan Montgomery is that he, there's no qualifying offer because he was traded mid season. So he was ineligible to receive one and the giants. I don't think they've, They've certainly tried to sign guys who did receive the qualifying offer, like Aaron Judge and um, uh, Shohei Otani. But if you were traded mid-season, you can't get the qualifying offer that year. And Montgomery was, and Snell was not. And Snell's never received one before. He got one now. So of all the Boris four, Jordan Montgomery is the only one among them who doesn't come with essentially the loss of a uh what is it their the the loss of a draft pick I don't remember exactly what draft pick it would be but I don't know and then like you talk about okay clearly I think like you're not gonna Boris is gonna have to give in a little bit and and I don't see him necessarily getting huge contracts for for maybe any of these players and for Montgomery I mean ah, 
the more when I look at the numbers, I always am kind of turned off by by what I see. Strikeout rate below average. Walk rate is good. Keeping the ball in the ballpark after getting out of New York, mostly. He did have a good final season in New York with the home run ball. But, like, this is to me a guy who's not like a hundred something million dollar pitcher. I see more, I just see something less than that. Um, And with Blake Snell, a lot of people have asked me why I'm enamored with Blake Snell. And look no further than strikeouts for me. It's just the ability to dominate at any given moment. I mean, strike. this is the strikeout rate since 2018. 31.6, 33.3, 31, 31, 32, 31 and a half. Like, he's just going to go strike out. Like, that's crazy. Think about it. A, for a whole season, he's going to basically strike out about a third of the batters he faces or three out of every 10 on average in his career, three out of every 10 uh, for his whole career. I mean, that's it's, he's a strikeout machine. He also has command issues. Like he walks a lot of guys. I get that, but he's hard to score against. He has a career 320 ERA, 320 in 992 and two thirds innings. And they proved with, I mean, Robbie Ray is kind of similar in in a way and the difference is Snell is healthy and coming off a season in which he literally won the Cy Young award in the National League so I've had a lot of people blowing me up saying oh Snell would be a horrible signing I just don't agree with that uh, there's risk if he loses that strikeout ability and and continues to not have great command then yeah you've got a problem but I don't know like is there a way at this point, like, could you give him the Carlos Correa kind of deal that Correa got from the Twins the year before he came to the Giants, where it was a three-year deal with a super high AAV uh, with opt-outs after every season? Like, I think that the Giants have had so many multi-year deals this offseason that it maybe wouldn't bug people in the same way if Snell did got a deal like that. I think that Clearly, teams are not. Uh, rumors are that Boris what wanted like two hundred million for Snell, or at least thirty million a year. Well, you know the Correa deal with the Twins was like three years, one hundred five point three million dollars or something. So I don't know something like that with opt outs after every season. Uh, it's not great. It's different. Correa was younger, and so opting out like. He, he opted out after one year and he was still like one of the youngest free agents. Blake Snell is already 31. So like, do you really want to enter, re-enter the market age 32? I think you, you're coming off a Cy Young season. This is the year to just maximize your money. But the a deal hasn't materialized. But I think that the Giants just continue to make a ton of sense for... Blake Snell I'm just I just cannot even though I was trying to even talk myself into it just Jordan Montgomery you're talking again just just numbers wise ERA yes 320 in his career 368 so this is a good pitcher but 
I just don't want to spend like a hundred something million dollars on a guy with this kind of lack of dominance, uh, lack of ability to dominate a game. Whereas with Snell, yeah, he's going to put people on base. Yeah, he's going to drive up his own pitch count, but he's hard to hit and he strikes people out. And so you get that runner on third or whatever, less than two outs. He's a, he's easily able to get out of that situation. He can completely dominate. I mean, the last two seasons combined, he has a 272 earned run average in 308 innings. And so I'd like to add that to my rotation, please. And thank you. You're talking Logan Webb, Blake Snell, and then when he, when they come back, Alex Cobb, Robbie Ray. I mean, suddenly you'd have like one of the best starting rotations in baseball. And I just think the, the young guys will get their opportunities because, I mean, Cobb and Ray are still out to start the season. So you'd give guys opportunities, injuries happen, whatever. And then Alex Cobb's a free agent at the end of the year. So even if you kind of run out of room for your young guys, uh, they'll have time to prove themselves. And then they could, uh, you know, they could fill in next year when Alex Cobb you know reaches free agency and is going to be like 38 years old and so anyway switch we're going to switch gears and talk about Matt Chapman and why he's another guy like you could easily make the case to me that they should sign Matt Chapman I mean why why not both why not both what is JD Davis who figures to lose the most by a Chapman signing have to say about the rumors of a Chapman signing. We will get into it momentarily and before we do. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Uh, bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. I'm just checking out the website right now. And featured uh, is tonight's game against the Warriors, which starts in a couple minutes at the time of this recording, it looks like. And there's a featured uh, popular same game parlay right there. And a $10 bet, if it wins, wins 57 dollars and 20 cents plus there's this deal like i said um if you are a new customer and you bet five dollars or more and win you get 150 in bonus bets so go to fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nba All right, here we go. We're going to get into these comments by J.D. Davis. I thought it was a really interesting story by Susan Slusser, um, just kind of writing about, I mean, just talking to J.D. Davis about the rumors that there have been this offseason with Matt Chapman. 
uh jd davis there was also something i didn't even get to uh it was a story i think by baggerly in the athletic about uh jd davis and his arbitration hearing and i thought it was really interesting because unlike some guys he didn't take it poorly like he went to arbitration he's one of two giants to have gone to arbitration uh under the Farhan Zaidi regime, and that's not that many. I mean, it's just we got used to no, the Giants never going to arbitration with anybody for like 15 years, uh, but it does happen. A lot of teams do go to arbitration. Anyway, J.D. Davis won his arbitration hearing, but he didn't have any hard feelings. The team, the Giants literally go in there and basically badmouth J.D. Davis and talk about why he shouldn't get this extra three hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is and it's not about the three hundred thousand dollars it's about having the deadline there's a deadline and if you don't reach an agreement by the deadline you're going to a trial and even if it's a small amount it seems silly but if you if you waver on that then uh then your deadline doesn't seem like an actual deadline. So that's the thought process behind it. And he took it in stride. He takes everything in stride. And and that's kind of what he does here in this piece by Slusser about Davis's former teammate in college, Matt Chapman. And Slusser says, like many others, Davis believes that the Giants that were the Giants to sign Chapman, Chapman automatically would be the team's best shortstop were he willing to play there. So this is the second time I've heard this and never from never from like a, an actual report, but the idea that you might sign Chapman and have him be that kind of backup or not backup, but like if Luciano struggles in spring or you know struggles out of the gates or whatever, if Chapman could legitimately play shortstop for you and you can keep J.D. Davis over at third or Casey Schmidt or Marco Luciano, you know, a lot of options there. And uh, J.D. Davis says, quote, if you're if you're looking at it from a business standpoint and looking at how young he is talking about Luciano, is it an option to bring Chapman in at shortstop? Absolutely. Davis said, then you can let uh, get Luciano a little more acclimated. I'm a free agent next year, Davis said. If the dots line up, Chapman moves over to third and Lucy takes over at shortstop, end quote. And so I just find this fascinating, a player kind of talking about his own departure, but not in a way like I want to get out of here. He's talking about it from I mean like you said from looking at it from a business standpoint he's talking about yeah it could make sense for the Giants to do this and he kind of takes himself out of the equation and says like if Luciano like don't just hand him the reins which I kind of am of the same belief uh you know having some kind of insurance in case Luciano doesn't work out is essential and I I, I mean Chapman probably would be able to play at least a decent shortstop because he's really good as a third baseman. And if you're really, really good as a third baseman, you're usually able to play a decent shortstop at the very least. Although, I mean, learning a new position, I'm not sure it's what he wants to do, but, you know, Bob Melvin apparently and Matt Williams, like they're clamoring for 
the Giants to sign this guy. And so it it remains to be seen if they're going to just cut cut themselves off spending-wise. But Chapman makes a lot of sense, too. I just talked about how the Giants need pitching, but Matt Chapman and, I mean, Cody Bellinger to a lesser extent because where does he fit on the diamond? Like, they've got guys at first. Also, his value is diminished as a first baseman. They've got a center fielder long-term in Jung-Hoo Lee, and they've got Conforto, Matos in left. They've got Yastrzemski, Slater in right. Like, I get it. Maybe Bellinger is an upgrade. Maybe he's not based on if you go look at his numbers in 2022 and 2023. No, 2021 and 2022. But anyway, Chapman, like the left side of the infield, they've talked about improving the defense. They haven't done anything there. And so I I just, I am skeptical that they're done on the left side of the infield. I don't know about the pitching. We'll see. But uh, Sluster says, no, Matt Williams says, before JD wasn't playing every single day, so naturally it's going to wear on you. They're talking about how JD kind of fell apart in the second half of the season. His focus this winter was to prepare for that, given what happened last year, and he showed up in great shape, and he's preparing to play 162. So we're doing everything we can to get him there. So I just thought that was worth mentioning, too, uh, that... I mean, he, like so many others, just looked to like physically deteriorate over the course of the season, and it led to poor results on the field. But anyway, uh, JD just kind of saying, yeah, it could be traded. He basically said, like, if the if the Giants sign Chapman, there's going to be 29 other teams who come knocking, you know, looking after him. And so he he doesn't he's not worried he's going to make 6.9 million dollars this year and then he's going to be a free agent and get to choose from some suitors next winter assuming it doesn't go like this winter where the middle class gets like squeezed out and I'd put, kind of put him in that middle class maybe a tick above but Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow, we're going to be getting into some mailbag questions. Look out on Twitter for a prompt on Thursday night. You might be listening to this Friday morning. Uh, so you can probably still get some questions in on Friday morning if that is what you want to do. But look out on Twitter for that. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today, now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and sincerely thank you to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.